Hey everyone, Christine here. It is October 7th, about the middle of the day. It's really nice outside. You could probably muffily hear the children across the street playing. They're out for, they're out for recess. Um, I'm actually, <laughs> I wanna know when the new moon is in October is in October. I didn't look it up before I actually got on here. I've been trying to think of different ways. I know I need to podcast. I feel it burning, the desire to burn within me, but this is like my fourth take. And I, the way I'm doing it is not coming out correct. I keep trailing off and I have to restart. So I'm hoping, last updated, was the fourth? October 6th? Today's the 7th. I thought it was the 6th. Okay. Today's Thursday. So yesterday was the new moon. So anyway, yesterday was the new moon. You know, which should be a time of just... Just opening yourself up to what God may be bringing into your life. Sometimes I know goals that God has intended for me, things he's going to bring out of me. Sometimes it just comes to me and I know that's what we're going to be working on. And sometimes I have no idea. I just know something's coming. And right now I feel it. I feel it within my soul because God has been bringing me through a lot of stuff, you guys. In the last two weeks, God through me has been doing things I I didn't I didn't know he would do them this way um and I've just been trusting that but in bringing me through the thing is and without getting into detail I'm just going to give the outline the thing is we all are going to constantly be going through things which truly is God bringing us through adversity to sculpt us, to hand sculpt us. Paul um, in the Bible, Paul in Second Corinthians, I think it was, chapter something it was, or was it First Corinthians? I can't remember which Corinthians book it was. But he spoke to the Corinthians, the Corinthian church, and he said, look at what I've been through. He talked about all of his tribulations, his trials. They were painful. He starved. He was in jail. He was on a boat that was adrift. He went through a lot of things. He talked about a spiritual awakening. When we read that, I was like, ooh, I went through that. When he was talking about it, I was like, I get it. And some people around me, they didn't quite understand it. They're like, we really, you know, can't imagine what that's like that, what that is like. And inwardly for myself, I was like, I've experienced that. I get it. Being in that space with God, where God takes you in that spiritual awakening, Paul went through that. But he talked about his tribulations. His tribulations are God, God hand sculpting him. What a glorious thing. So God's been taking me through some stuff, adversity. And in the morning, I read a daily thing. And today's daily thing said, there are two big rails on the bridge of adversity the first is that god is in control of everything the second 
is that he is going to turn every circumstance for your good. Hold on tight to these two truths and you can overcome any challenge or problem no matter what it is. Thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of knowledge of him in every place. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. I, I'm surrounded by a diverse group of people. Some people know that there is a God. They acknowledge that, but they go their own way. Some people believe God's only in control of some things. There are only a few handful of people that have truly let go and surrendered to God. Okay? I mean, truly just let go and really just walk in the spirit every day. There's only just a handful of people, but they're amazing, amazing mentors that I have in my life. Um, God is in control of everything. A lot of people look at it and go, no, he's not, because why would the bad things happen? Well, God lets the bad things happen. I remember in my spiritual awakening, when God came down to me, came down into my apartment I felt his presence greater greater than the world our globe the world greater than you know earth it was greater than the universe and the I can and my my human mind cannot comprehend the vastness of the universe but I felt it I knew how powerful he was in those moments with me I felt it I knew God could crush the world if he really wanted to in one single grasp of his palm that is how powerful he is so when you ask why does God things allow why does God allow bad things to happen why did he allow there was a boy who got shot and killed behind my apartment quite a few years back I wasn't living here at the time you know people are like well why would God allow that to happen God allows that to teach other people to not be in those circumstances. We have to learn from these mistakes. God allows these things so that we can learn. Why does allow why does God allow children to be um Oh, that I'm going to touch on something deep. God, oh, see here's what God's been trying to get me to. I've been really God has peeled me open with some things that I've had to go through and I've had to really peel back the things I've allowed in my life. We're just going to get right to it. God is just sick and tired of me dancing around the truth. That's why these I've had to restart this podcast. The things that God has been bringing me through have also peeled something open in me. And God wants me to look at myself and see how I've lived my life. Never stepping up and standing up for myself. I've always just allowed things to happen. I've allowed people to do things to me that I didn't like. And I never stood up and said I didn't like it. Um, and see, earlier when I stopped and paused, I was going to say, why does God allow you know, pedophiles to molest children. Because I was molested. 
Why did God allow it? God has brought understanding to me why. He's using me to show that God can heal us from those things. It's not like God asked that to happen to me, but there are bad people in this world. And those things happen, and it brought me closer to God. It's more of a personal thing between God and I, the depths of why my childhood happened. And I do trust that just like Job lost everything, we all are going to lose something in this world. We're all going to go through struggles. It's just how we look at it. You know, that just happened to be mine. But it affected me my whole life. Well, I mean, up until now. And even now, I still have a hard time with things. And I guess to really get in to where this triggered me deeply was last night, I got a ride home from a friend. Um, I would consider this man like a father figure to me. And he, he is somebody that has been helping me guiding me and through me he's learning stuff about himself um but he did something how do I want to say this he didn't do anything wrong I gave him a hug I feel like I can be my inner child with him is what I want to say like I'm living from the inner child and I'm allowing my inner child to heal <clears throat> through the life that I am now living but when we hugged and said goodbye he touched my hand <laughs> and let me say this is like a father would squeeze his daughter's hand kind of thing but it set me off and it scared me and I walked away inwardly very uneasy. And it wasn't because he did something wrong. Because I do believe in my heart that he is a good guy. So I want to make sure I move forward in, I want to now focus on why it set me off. And I want to bring you guys through this. This is like something I've been on all day. And maybe somebody, this will touch up on somebody because we go through these things. So when it happened, I turmoiled with God all night last night. I was like, God, like this is, this scares me. I don't want to have to deal with this. I don't want to have to think about this. But this is Dave. This is my friend. I love him. He's like a father figure to me. He cares about me. I wouldn't think he would, he would reach around and do something to shatter my trust and that's what it comes down to i feel like i'm gonna get sick just talking about this because there's a lot of god's working something out of me because see this has happened in my life i had this happen with my stepfather and i wouldn't say he naturally he shattered my trust i didn't trust my stepfather from the first day i met him i knew there was something dark within him but there have been people in my life that have done things when I asked them not to do it. I had to confront a man the other day and it built up for months. He came to my house unannounced. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating. 
I never told this man where I lived, and one day he just knocked at my door, wanting to invite my son to this summer program for boys. I conflicted internally on that for a long time because I didn't know how to respond to this man who I didn't give my address. He just showed up at my door. I never told you where I lived. And I'm staring at him like, what? But he claims to be a man of God. That's all he talks about. But here he is at my door. You know, I had that happen this summer. Um, in the spring of 2019, which would have been a little over two years ago, a man that I worked with, an older man, old enough to be, I would consider like a grandfather figure. I worked with him. He, we worked for the same person. He was a, he was so kind. I never would have thought anything different. We went for a walk down some bike path. He wanted to hang out. I said, sure, I'll pick you up. Let's go. Let's go for a walk. You know, never thought anything of it. Because see, this is what's triggered me since last night was thinking about this memory. We're walking and he tries holding my hand and I go, no, that's why it triggered me. Because see, when this happened with, what was his name, Manuel? I can't remember. See, we went for a walk and he tried holding my hand. And I was like, don't hold my hand. I don't like that. And he, he told me, you need to, you need to relax. You're too uptight. I was like, I think I'm just fine. And I really was uptight at the time because I had a lot of issues coming out back in 2019. Internally, the memories of my childhood were coming up. And so when he did this, I really didn't like it. Like, I don't want you doing that to me. I don't like that closeness. Then he asked me to stop walking and he looked at me and he goes, close your eyes. And I was like, what? And he goes, trust me. And I go, don't do anything. Don't do anything that I'm asking you not to do. Don't be stupid. I go, I'm trusting you. This man who's also 60, 70 years old, he was, he's an older man. He leaned in and kissed me. Ugh. I haven't really thought about this since then. I crumbled, you guys. I crumbled right then and there. Like this, it was like this fake exterior of toughness that I had built up suddenly crumbled and exposed was my inner child. And I look back and I don't understand how this man could have done that to me because I specifically said for him not to do it. And he did it anyway. And I just crumbled right there. This was a very public walkway. I crumbled and I screamed at him, how could you do this to me? How could you do this to me? I told you not to do this to me. 
I was so turned inside out by that moment. I had never felt like somebody had... It's like rape. I can imagine when somebody takes something very precious from you and goes against your will. That's what it feels like. It touches a very vulnerable part of you that's broken. And it just shatters it even more. Like, I felt shattered all over that walkway. Even now, I still remember the feelings. And I took him back to where he lived. I was so upset. I turned on it. And the next day, we had to work together. And I was so livid. Like, the anger was boiling in me. And I went back there... And I confronted him and I slapped my hands on the cutting board because he was cutting some stuff up. And this is a Mexican restaurant, so a lot of the staff doesn't speak very good English. I started screaming at him right in front of the boss, right in front of the owner. I started screaming, how could you do this to me? I was so upset and the owner tried to calm me down and I told him to get out of my face and stop trying to protect him because the owner himself is was a skis bag himself. He had a wife in Colorado. He had a girlfriend who was the head cook that he had a child with that he wasn't claiming behind the scenes. And then he was running around town with every girl that he could buy to every bar because I had run into him a few times at the bar with some secret girlfriend he was dating behind the girlfriend he had a child with in the restaurant it was crazy so I'm looking at him like get out of my face because you're just as sick as he is and I grabbed my stuff and I walked down to the police station and I filed a report I looked crazy I looked crazy but I'm going to tell you guys when somebody touches you in a way that you don't like it will bring out a very very broken vulnerable part in you that you just like you don't understand how to how could somebody do this to you you did not ask for it I didn't ask you and I told you not to so that memory got tricked up by this whole you know situate this moment last night and like I said it was no different than a father you know, holding a daughter's hand, but I've never had that before. My father has never held my hand as a child. I can I can never remember. I don't remember. I don't remember my. I don't remember. I don't. I don't think I've ever heard my father tell me he's loved me ever. He's never hugged me. He's never really hugged me, not with love. I've never been hugged with, I've never been touched with love by a man. And I think that's what God's getting through to me right now is all these things that are coming out of me. As I'm sick and tired of me not standing up for myself and saying I don't like that. And I come from a history of I don't, of not being touched with love. 
So my father never, never showed me that kind of affection. And so now, having been through some of the things I've been through, any man touching me, when I am not initiating the hugs or the affection, is scary. So you guys, right now, I'm going to tell you right now, this is why God had me do this because I'm working something out of myself and I'm trying, I told God today, whatever it is that is causing me all this, this internal, like, un, I feel agitated, whatever it is, I need, I need your help addressing it. Because I'm really just not hinged at the moment and that and I know it has to do with this because it's one thing after another that I'm dealing with where I never stood up for myself or when I did people didn't respect me I don't know how many times I've told a man don't do that I don't like it it hurts you're scaring me and they continued to do it worse There's this internal wickedness, brokenness within a man that gets a heightened sense of power and authority and feeling good about himself to have dominion over a woman by using fear and intimidation or making her feel in a way where, you know, he has power. It's a brokenness because this is not how you, this, that's not the right way to do it. Which in return has made anything anybody tries to do to me in a loving way very scary. I have another friend, Norm. And I do, I trust him. But the first time I ever gave him a hug, it was really, really hard. I didn't know how to. I was too scared. I I didn't know how to be. And now that this gentleman, who's like a father to me too, held my hand like this, like I'm seeing my reaction and I don't know how to deal with it. I'm a 38-year-old woman who doesn't know how to let somebody treat me like a daughter. Like those those affectionate things are scary to me. This is blowing my mind. These are the things God works through me when I'm journaling with him. And I journal to him a lot. You know, I go through a lot of these internal things. Why did I react this way? Why is it bothering me so much, God? First, I want to say, why did he even do that? Why did he do that? I was really upset. Why did you do that, David? Why did you hold my hand like that? But it's because he looks at me like a daughter and he knows I'm going through some stuff and he's worried about me. He's been by my side trying to walk with me, teaching me everything's going to be okay, showing me to allow my inner child to come out. 
and I've had to share with him some very, you know, I've had to share with him my life. And there's been some recent events where he's trying to make sure I'm okay. And that's the father in him reaching out. But for me, I don't know what that's like. And it really triggered me. It really triggered me today. Triggered me into that other memory. Because even when I told people, don't do it, I don't like it, they didn't listen. Why can't they listen? What do, I mean, besides not being in the situation, but it shouldn't have to go. Nobody should have to fight that hard to be treated like a human being. But I have to learn more to say, I don't like it, don't do that. Or learn that some affection is okay. I don't know. This is a hard one, you guys. See, this is all the stuff last year I was avoiding. It's going through this learning process because now I'm in a learning curve. I'm learning how to stand up for myself against people who treat me wrong And I'm learning how to embrace the people who are treating me right. Just because I allow certain behaviors to happen to me doesn't make it okay for another person to have done it on to me either. And I want to specify that for the people who, the person, people, who's ever listening. Just because you how do I want to say it? didn't have the willpower, didn't know how to stand up for yourself, you're internally weakened in your confidence to say, I don't like that, doesn't give the other person the right to take advantage of the situation. That's on them. And a lot of people nowadays get away with that behavior. I've allowed people around me to get away with things for a long time. But God usually, not usually, he's always brought it back around where I had to stand up and say something. He always brought a situation. He always brought that person and that same behavior around in a different situation for me to finally stand up for myself and do something about it. This is the adversity he's talking about. See, this book was an intentionally, every book that I have is for me. There are two big railroads on the bridge of adversity. Right now, I'm in adversity. One, I stood up for myself and it caused a very big riff. It's called spiritual warfare. When you stand up for yourself, deeper than flesh level, a lot of people when they see, you know, flesh level, they're just going to see, oh, you standing up for yourself. But there's a bigger thing at play when God asks you to stand up for yourself. 
because you're not going to be attacked by just flesh. You're going to be attacked by Satan. He's going to try to bring you down. He's going to discourage you by using people around you who you can't believe are doing this and behaving the way they are. Because right now I have people around me, some of them I'm trying to figure it out. Like, what's wrong with you? Why are you acting like a fool? Like, why are you trying to crush me? I don't understand it. What's wrong with you? You're a grown adult. But I realize it's, it's something darker. You know, that's Satan using their weakness to hold me back from standing up for myself and standing strong in that way. And God's going to do that. Why does God do that for me? God's doing that for me. You know why? So I don't have to go through situations like I did a couple years ago. So I don't have to go through the situation I did with my stepfather. So I don't have to go through the stuff I did with my, my father. So I don't have to go through the things that I tolerated in all my relationships. Because those damaged me. They really messed me up. But what messed me up more was suffocating me saying what I like and what I don't like. The way I want to be treated and the way I don't like to be treated. When we, go, when we grow up and become adults who never know what we like and don't like, it's a dangerous it's dangerous it's very dangerous see at church it's nice and cozy I come from I, I go to a small church I'm not worried about anybody there they're all really great people to men who aren't married they're in their own path in life they're not trying to hook up with a single girl at church you know I'm in a Bible study with a tight group of people um, it's very comfortable there I don't have to worry about nothing but there are some things I do have to worry about you know outside of church in real life I'm not in church every day where God has finally brought me around people, I'm having to learn to tell people, vocalize, I don't like that. Like the man who came to my door, he, he was not on that kind of terms to come to my door unannounced like that. I don't like that. And it took me two months to finally confront him. And by the time I confronted him, I was so pissed. I was almost to the point of screaming. Told him, don't you ever talk to my kids. I don't want to say I hate him. He doesn't know any better. He's been getting away with it. The thing is, is people do that because they've been getting away with it. They get away with it because... That's the kind of people he chooses to prey on, basically. I know his type. So you guys, God's working through something. See, right now, as I'm stopping, 
my mind is flipping through things. God is flipping through my mind, trying to bring me through this. Because it's fall. It's time to let go. I'm so sick and tired of this stuff that's within me that holds me back. It's fear. Anything that's negative, like fear, does not come from God. And this is where this all started, was I ran into a situation where I became fearful. And God brought me through that. Thank you, God. But after going through that, came other things. So that I learned to never get back in that situation again. Ever, ever, ever. This is really a deep-seated thing within me, you guys. And I didn't know it was there. I had no idea. I was very comfortable. Everything was fine. I'm okay when I'm the one giving people hugs. But you even do something that, like right there, I got triggered. I got triggered by something that to one person is very normal to do with somebody that looks like, is like a daughter to him. And for me, it triggered me to think of every man that I asked to not hurt me they turn around and just blatantly did it anyway for their own selfish gain. So how do I overcome this trigger? Well, first of all, I don't do what I used to do, which was drink. <laughs> or turn to a substance or smoke. You know, I used to smoke vapes. Don't do that anymore. I, uh, I don't run away from it. I'm going to give you the don'ts. Don't run away from it. Don't suppress it. I'm not going to suppress it. It's been bothering me. been dwelling on it all day. I begged God today at work, inwardly. I mean, I spend a lot of time in my in my head conversating with God over these things. You know, at work, people have no idea. All the times I'm quiet, I'm talking to God. And I asked him today, please remove whatever it is within me that is doing this, that is causing this, because I know that something isn't right. Because... All of this is getting ready to send me into tears. And I don't understand it. But it's because I have this un undealt with trigger. Why is it undealt with? Because I haven't learned the right way to stand up for myself. First of all, don't put yourself in the situation anymore. But second, I shouldn't have to worry about it. But if it does happen... To address it right then and there when something does happen but I'm realizing there's a difference the people that God has placed in my life that God has placed in my life not the people I went and sought out 
for their attention. I'm talking the people now that are in my life who have watched me crumble, who have loved me through my brokenness, who knows the worst parts about me, whom I've attacked. This David man, I've attacked him before for doing things just like this, these affectionate little moments you know he's tried to do it before and I came right at him and I was like don't you ever do that and I I attacked him and he goes okay goes I I see your side you know I had there was um the jail that I went to the pastor there he called me honey first time he called me that Oh, I attacked him too. How dare you call me that? I was livid. I was all over him about that. And later on, I realized, like I'm, you know, deal when I dealt with triggers, that he wasn't intending to. It's just how he talked to people. That's how he talked to people. <laughs> I actually saw him not too long ago. Because we see each other quite a bit. I love Pastor Ron. He's a good, good man of God. And we we joke about that day. And I was like, yeah, I was broken. And he goes, you know, you taught me something. You taught me that there are just some women that are really that broken and they don't like that kind of thing. And I don't. I'm not one of those women that like when men come on to me. Some men feel that makes a woman feel safe. It does not make me feel safe. It makes me feel threatened because I was molested. And I don't think that'll ever really go away. I think that part of me will always exist. That when somebody comes on too strong, even if that's normal for them, that that part of me will always exist and I will feel threatened. And when I feel threatened, my first thing is to attack aggressively because I feel like I'm in a corner. And when it's me against a man, that's that's how I fight. You know, I'm going to fight like I'm the third monkey in line for Noah's Ark and boy, it's raining. That's how I'm going to fight. No, I'm going to fight. Yeah. I know I get like that. Don't do those things to me. And I don't think that part of me will ever go away. I think that's what God's showing me through this. That it's okay. It's okay. And he still loves me through that. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to cry. <sighs> because I'm realizing that this is just part of who I am. So it's recognizing in myself that that will be there and it will always exist. But the people that God has placed in my life are not going to do that to me. They're not. Not the ones that He is bringing to me. And I know he specifically brought into my life. And I have to trust in that. 
and it's really hard you guys it's hard to override that defense mechanism in my mind that is my protection and rely that God is protecting me and that the people in my life that he has brought to me would never do that to me. It is very hard to override that, that internal broken defense mechanism, that belief system that I have to be that way. See, God is exposing something broken within me. See, he's peeled me open. He's exposed this broken part in me. And he is showing me that it's all right. And that part of me will always be there. But when it comes to what God is asking me to trust, I have to override that brokenness and put my faith in God first and not in self. Not into those negative emotions, not into what I think is right. I have to trust God and I have to put him first. Ooh, see where God's got me right there? See, this is where God's leading me into a truth. I do believe God over my belief system every time. Because when I leaned onto my own understanding, I ended up with the very people who did those things to me every single time I just was last Christmas I was trying to break up with this man he was going against God and against what I knew to be true I followed that man and it You know, it took me down a very dark path that I, I don't want to ever go back down. So I look at those moments and realize God is right. I will lean on to him and see now I have found peace. I have found peace. Because this isn't just me figuring out, you guys. God's in my head right now and he's showing me these things and he's leading me through this conversation. This isn't just me. God is within me, leading me with my memories, leading me through this, leading me with my emotions. God is in control. And as I allow the words to come out, he is leading me to this moment now where I feel the beating heart within me. The one that God gave me, not my flesh heart. There's a, there's a, spiritual heart that God gave me that beats inside of me it is full it has come to the truth of this thing that has been bothering me all day and I finally feel at peace I do trust God and I do trust that There are going to be people that do step out of character and come towards me. Those are, you know, they can't help themselves. They're being led by a darker force. If I don't invite them into my life, they don't come around. I do know that. I've realized that about 
Satan's little minions that used to be in my life. They don't come in my life if I don't invite them in. And that's key here. I am Eve in the Garden of Eden. I no longer take the advice of a snake and eat of the forbidden fruit that I know is bad for me because I did this for a whole, what was it? September, October. September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Nine months. I I was Eve in the Garden of Eden. I knew there was forbidden fruit. God told me and I knew it. And I kept believing the snake. And I kept thinking nothing bad would happen. And the whole time, the wage of sin is death. I was dying. I was internally dying. It was killing me to eat from the forbidden fruit. And the forbidden fruit can be anything, you guys. It's just choosing to live against the commands in which you have com- you live with God. Like I knew what I was supposed to do and I didn't do it. But God also knew looking back that I needed to go through that too. I obviously had a weakness in me that God needed to bring out in that situation and he did. But here I am again back in the Garden of Eden. And I'm sanctified in God's love. He sanctified me again. And I am protected. And I am His. And I just got to keep it that way. Well, you guys, you have just got to hear how I was triggered. I was very much triggered by something that brought up emotions from my past. Okay. And specific memories that it brought up that, you know, I hadn't dealt with really. Why did these things happen? Why did, why did it? I hadn't really dealt with it, you guys. This is how you have to deal with triggers. You really have to go through the motions. You can't sweep triggers under the rug. You have to deal with it. You have to keep going back to it. And sometimes I may have to come back to this one. I may meditate on it tonight. God may not be done. But I know the initial part of this. I'm at peace that David last night meant me no harm. And I'm at peace with understanding why those things did happen to me. Um, that man from 2019, well, no, I wasn't really walking with God then either. I was leaning onto myself and my own understanding of where I should go spiritually. And I was just doing whatever whatever came to my silly little human understanding. I wasn't consulting God. I never once consulted God. 
in those moments. So when I went for that walk, now, the way I'm in my life, God would never, ever be like, yeah, go for the walk with us. I know he would have never put me in that situation. And that's the difference. When you lean on to God, see, this is, I'm realizing this. When you lean on to God, God doesn't, Put you into those situa situations when you lean on self but God I don't know how to think about that one. I just had something come in my mind. No. When you lean on to God, truly lean on to Him and your commitments with Him, right? When you're really walking with God, and you're living by the Ten Commandments, and you're living by the spiritual laws in which God has laid out and established and bound our souls to, when you are truly living by those, I don't want to say nothing bad happens either. things do happen but you know how to deal with them differently and maybe that's the point to this at least for me as a woman what God's trying to say through this is if I'm not out there believing the snake in whatever sense we want to see that as 